and welcome to episode three of the Random Thoughts podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B Thoughts. I am Darren O'Neill, your host. On today's show, we're going to be talking about privacy. And it was something that I had planned already and just kicked it into a different gear based on a new story that just came out on Vice.com about just exactly what is going on with the microphones in these little cell phones that everybody is carrying around with them 24-7. And I think this is a very important thing to talk about. I think it's something that a lot of people don't even consider or they don't realize because we have all become very accustomed to having these kinds of devices around on a day-to-day basis, whether it's a device from Amazon, a device from Google, or just your run-of-the-mill smartphone, all of these devices have the ability to listen to us. Now, this is a good ability if it's being used for the right thing, and it's really a good, very cool ability if you actually have full control of it. The problem is you don't really have full control of it, nor do you know what's going on in the background with a lot of these devices. And that's what this article on Vice talked about. And it came from something that has probably happened to uh, each and every one of you, which is you were sitting around at one point having a conversation verbally with somebody, whether it was actually on the phone or whether you're just sitting around in a bar chatting while your phone is in your pocket. The thing that you spoke about, the thing you were talking about with your friend ended up starting to pop up in your ad stream. So meaning if you were talking about, hey, you know, it'd really be nice to go to Jamaica. The weather really sucks here in Chicago this winter. Well, the next day, whether it was in your Facebook ads, Google ads, someplace you start seeing, hey, great deal on Jamaica book now. And you thought maybe that was a weird coincidence. Turns out it's not so much of a coincidence as much as it is what is going on behind the scenes with these devices that we keep with us all the time and trust to the point to where maybe we should be giving that a second thought. If you've ever installed an app on Android, I know this is a little different for you Apple folks, and I was an Apple folk for a long time and still have an iPad. It's a different system when you put a, a new app on the phone. I don't really believe that the Apple one ever asks you if you want to give up any of your rights, any of your privacy, or any of that, which is one of the reasons. I mean, I get it. Apple has a closed system. And they should be the big brother that's a, that's protecting you. Yeah, I don't think that's working that well. Uh, at least with Android, when you install a new app, it will ask you, do you want to allow this app access to uh, whether it's your contact list, your microphone, the camera on the phone, all of these different things. And you have to specifically give it access to these things. If you say no, it's a good chance maybe the app's not going to work properly, depending what it is. I mean, if it's a camera app, and you tell it that it can't access your camera, you know, you're going to be kind of limited as far as what you can do with it. In the case of your microphone, people don't consider once you give an app that kind of access, it's not only working when you think it's working. It could be still working in the background as you go about your day. And that's what this uh, journalist at Vice figured out. And it makes a lot of sense. We all know how the Amazon devices works. You have to say the name of the device, whether it's computer, Echo, 
Amazon or that other one that I'm not going to say because otherwise the little one sitting in the corner in the other room is going to start talking. You have to give it that keyword. Google the same way. You say, okay, Google. Siri, you say, hey, Siri. Any of these things are the keywords that then spring those beautiful automated devices, your little automated assistant into being. All of a sudden they're alive and they're there and they're ready to serve you happily. Well, the thing is, and you have to realize this, for the device, no matter which one it is, to understand that you said, hey, computer, hey, Amazon, hey, Siri, hey, okay, Google, for any of these devices to know that you said anything, they've got to be listening all the time. And if it can figure out those keywords, and we all know that the voice recognition of these devices has gotten better and better and better in recent years. It can also listen, you know, while it's listening for Siri, it's listening for Amazon, it's listening for OK Google. It could also be listening for any keyword that anybody wants to know that you said it. So why did you mention Jamaica and all of a sudden you get a bunch of ads for Jamaica the next day? Because somebody had the keyword Jamaica and they heard you say it. So now they know you're interested in that. Now, the scary thing to me was the guy on Vice didn't think this was a big deal. And it's like, you know, it's only going to advertisers. So why should you really? It's really no different than, you know, Google scanning your emails or knowing what web pages that you went to visit. I think this is a big deal. I think this is a major privacy issue. And I understand all these things where it's going to come down to just like Facebook continually changing settings and all that. You're going to be able to technically opt out of this stuff. But how do you really know when you opt out that the stuff still isn't following you around? And do we really want devices for all of the great things that phones do, these personal assistant devices do, and they do a really a lot of cool things? Are they worth the trade-off for having a constant recording of our lives going on, a constant listening? Okay, recording's a little tough because there's no proof that these things are constantly being recorded. But there was also a news story very recently where somebody had a private conversation. Their Amazon device uh, somehow mistakenly took parts of the conversation as hearing start recording this and then send this to one of their contacts. So without any input of their own, all of a sudden a private conversation of theirs was emailed to one of their contacts. Could be a really embarrassing thing. I mean, you don't want to be trash talking the in-laws. And then have your device send them a copy of it. Might be bad. So, really, this is something that's very important that if you own a cell phone or an Amazon device or a Google device or an Apple, you know, device that has the Siri, which isn't always phones, it could be your tablet. If you own one of these devices, you should be aware of the fact that they are always listening and that you may now be letting those microphones basically be at this point an advertising farm to listen to everything you say and then send different ads to you based upon what you said. And that's just a little bit freaky to me. You know, as Steve Earle, the great singer songwriter once said, just because you're paranoid, it doesn't mean they're not out to get you. And in this case, we look back on history and one of the ways that, you know, people get screwed or they get convicted, depending how you want to look at it, you know, the hardest thing used to be getting a bug into somebody's house. And now we have bugged ourselves. We have cell phones that are constantly listening. Not only are cell phones constantly listening, 
They're also constantly taking our GPS coordinates, which means there's a record somewhere of everywhere you've gone and everything you've said. At least the possibility that all this stuff exists because of a device we're carrying around for utter convenience. What can be done on these kind of things? That's a really good question because most of these devices now, the ability for it to do these voice assistant things is so ingrained in the device that there's really no way to know that it's not listening anymore. You could tell it to go, hey, I don't want to use Siri, turn off the keyword. But that doesn't mean that the device isn't constantly processing and hearing and trying to figure out what's being said. Just because it's not going to answer you doesn't mean that it's not working. And with a lot of the cell phones, another interesting thing is even when they're powered down, not really powered down. It's kind of like a lot of different devices, TVs and whatnot. You'll notice that even once you turn the power off, there's still a small little trickle power drain to them. And cell phones, no different. It's just the way the electronics work, which means if you really want to make sure your cell phone is not listening to you, not only do you have to turn it off, but you have to pull the battery out. And most cell phones today, big surprise, you can't take the battery out. So, you know, if you really want to be paranoid, and I'm not even sure that's too strong of a word at this point, but if you really want to be concerned about that kind of stuff, put your cell phone in a box, hide it out under some cl you know, clothes, hide it under some heavy blankets, and then maybe it won't be able to listen to you. It's still going to try. But one of the things that always kind of freaked me out as far as cell phones goes is the fact that not only do they have microphones on them, they have very good cameras on them now as well. And where do most people put these cameras? You know, it's on their nightstand. Well, there's a whole lot of shit going on in the bedroom at night that I'm sure people don't want videos existing of out in the wild. And you think, you know, hey, most people just put the cell phone down on the nightstand. You know, it's facing down. But guess what? Now there's a mic. There's always a camera facing both ways at almost every cell phone you buy. Hey, why is that? Facing one always facing down, one face. It's so we could get selfies. Yeah, sure. That was the reason that was invented. But the even scarier thing was, and maybe this is just where my demented, screwed up, logical thinking goes. But when I first saw all of these apps that were hitting the market that turns your phone into basically an alarm clock. Well, when you convert your phone into an alarm clock, how do you want your phone now facing when it's on your nightstand? Oh, you're seeing now. You want it to be facing the bed and you want it to have just the perfect angle so you can see the time that's on the display. But that means the phone can also see you, doesn't it? So be a little bit paranoid. And this goes beyond just these types of devices. But the fact that we're now so comfortable with putting devices in our homes that are constantly listening. You know, it goes back to the old Benjamin Franklin line that anybody that gives up security for just a little bit of convenience, you deserve none of it. And these devices, if they're going to work and not be infringing upon our privacy, you really have to trust the companies that are putting these out. And right now, I don't know if I trust Amazon, Google, Apple, or any random other cell phone maker to protect my privacy more than I do. Now, there are other things you can do just overall to protect your privacy when you're online. One of those 
would be to use a virtual private network, a VPN. People have heard about these a lot lately, and for good reason. VPNs are great tools to use to keep all of your traffic safe. They basically are a middleman, so any traffic that you throw onto the internet goes somewhere else first. A lot of times, your cell phones can be uh, can be intercepted. They have man-in-the-middle attacks, they call them. So if you walk into a Starbucks and you think you're connecting to a Starbucks, but you accidentally, somebody else just happened to walk into a Starbucks and set up their own Wi-Fi thing with the same name and your device connected to them, you would never know. And any data that went through there unencrypted, they can now see. Very bad if you're doing banking very bad if you're doing, uh, you know, even sending an email that is of sensitive nature. So one of the best things you can do is always run a VPN service. Now, there are ones that you can trust. There's a list uh, that privacy site.net, I believe is the name. If not, just do a search for that privacy site. And there's a whole list of all the different VPNs or a great number of VPNs that are available. They rate them as far as privacy and all that. So if you want a solution that you could just pay a few bucks a month for, you can find one there and use that. You can also roll your own, which means you can basically run a VPN on your home system. And then anytime you're out and about, you go to send an email from your phone. Well, your phone is now connected to your home unit, to your router or whatever you got set up to be the VPN at your house. And then that sends it out to the Internet. So anywhere in between, nobody can be a man in the middle. Nobody can grab your data. These are all good things for you to do. And they're good things for people to understand that they exist because there's a lot of people that still don't understand that phone numbers can be spoofed. <laughs> always, always, always call somebody back. I don't care if the, the caller ID says, hey, this is your bank calling. If somebody calls up and says, hey, this is Joe. Over at Bank of USA, I need your social security number and your account information. We had a little snafu here. Hang up, ask for the phone number if you want there, but make sure you go and you call the number that you've always had for your bank. You know, make sure you go into your bank if, you, if you're really paranoid and check on this. Never believe anybody calling you is who they say they are. And don't believe that the number that's showing up on the caller ID is legitimate either. All of these things can be spoofed and people don't realize this, especially older people who maybe didn't grow up with this kind of technology. You can't always believe what a website says. You can't believe what an email says. People will try to spoof things to make you believe there's somebody else. And even people that are totally paranoid, even people that know better fall for these kind of things. So, you know, don't feel like you're a complete idiot if you do fall for something like this. And don't feel bad if you go in the complete opposite direction and you, um, you know, make somebody's job a little bit harder at your bank or whatever. Always think security first. Always think somebody's trying to screw with you because the weakest link is a human being. It's not a computer. And the uh, the great, or I guess maybe infamous is a better word for hacker Kevin Mitnick, uh, read his books. They're very interesting. He was not as proficient with computers as he was proficient in getting people to do what he wanted by lying to them. If you needed something from the phone company, you called up and said, yeah, this is Joe down in uh, whatever location. 
you know, I got a customer, I need this, this, and this, and people would just give it to him. He's like, you would be utterly amazed. Huge companies, you call them up, you pretend you're from the IT department to be like, hey, we got a problem, you know, we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to take the whole system down for a while uh, to reboot your account. Or, you know, if you give me your, if you give me your username and password, it'll be a lot faster and we'll be able to get you back up and running so you don't miss any work. The amount of people that fall for this, utterly amazing. Because people aren't taught that this is how you're, this is how you're going to get screwed. This is how your computer systems really get hacked. It's not always the guy with the really leaked skills who is, you know, tapping away on a keyboard in the middle of the night. A lot of times it's the guy that just straight out calls your company and goes, Hey, can you do me a favor? I need your username and password. This is Joe and IT. And if you ever find a USB stick laying outside in front of your, uh, in front of your company, don't put it in a computer. Don't. This is another great way. For people to get malware onto systems because one of the hardest things if you're trying to break into somebody's computer network if you're trying to get information off of somebody's computer one of the hardest things for you to do is physically access the computer because it's in somebody's house it's in their office that's not someplace you can walk in and screw with it well you know what happens if somebody puts a usb drive that you specially prepared for them into a computer they give you access and you can just sit at home and wait. It's really a beautiful thing if you're a hacker. Now, if you're the hacky, you're kind of fucky fucking, and that's not good. So understand, be careful. Always think, could this be somebody doing something? If something seems too good to be true, probably is. So when somebody calls you up and tells you that you want a, a free cruise to somewhere, yeah, that's probably not true either. But, you know, these are, we'll take things in small steps here on the Random Thoughts Show to bring sanity back to, a, uh, to an insane world and just warn you that there's a lot of stuff going on. If you have something that pops up that on, on your web browser, which this has happened to people that I know, that was like, oh my God, your computer's infected. Call us. We're Microsoft. We can help. I had a buddy that actually called them. And uh, luckily at the point they asked him for his credit card, he said, hold on a second. And he called me up and he's like, um, do you know anything about this? And I'm like, hang up, hang up the phone. Do not give them your credit card. And, and good thing that uh, that he didn't, because they were trying to remote access his computer. So it's like, yes, pull the plug, pull the plug quickly, and uh, and don't give them your credit card information. So beware that most. Well, I'm not going to say most. You're never going to get a pop up from a legitimate company telling you to call them and to give them your information. And if you get something like that, whether it's from your bank, whether it's claiming to be Microsoft, whether it's whoever, always, always beware. And, and people wonder how these things happen. It's like I get I get spam phishing emails all the time from major banks that I don't bank with. It's because they use the the blanketing system, which is if we send out enough of these, we're going to find some idiot that's going to fall for it. Think of the old, uh, which it was uh, one of the first ones, one of the first big virus bombs was the, hey, check out these hot pictures of Anna Kornikova. And you clicked on it and damn, man, you got infected with one hell of a virtual STD. Poor Anna Kornikova had nothing to do with that, uh, but it just showed how easy it is to get people to do what they're not supposed to do. 
to do something that's going to put their privacy at risk. And the chances of you putting your privacy at risk are getting greater and greater every day because of technology, because of cell phones, because of these devices. And because of the fact that the world has changed to the point to where it is now a popular thing to do to constantly post pictures. And it's one thing if you're taking a bunch of pictures and you know, there's two totally different types of pictures, I guess, you know, there's ones that you want the public to see, and there's probably ones that you don't. And they vary, very greatly. And it also gives up a lot of information about where you are. And these are, this is twofold because one, you know, you might be on vacation in Ireland and you don't want the world to know that your house is sitting empty or something like that. So you have to think of, of these things with social media. So if you accidentally upload a photo and it's like, you know, your Instagram account, it's like, Hey, they're not at home. That could be used by the wrong people to do bad things. The other thing, which is something that I think all people should know about anybody that are, that are taking photos and uploading them to the internet should know about, especially those that are uploading these things to places like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all of these other uh, social media sites that allow you to share photos is that photos, the file themselves are not just images. They're not just the image information, meaning if you see a picture of Anna Kornikova, that's great. You see the picture, you see Anna Kornikova, you think to yourself, damn, she's still hot. Cool. But what you don't see is the data that this picture also carries, which could be a bunch of different things. You know, it could just be the file name. It could be the camera that took the picture. It could be the settings on the camera that took the picture. These are all important things for some photo programs to use in order to display things correctly. But one of the things that is very popular to store in photographs these days are GPS coordinates. And this is the thing that most makes me cringe, especially for parents of young girls who love to take pictures. I mean, I take a picture like once every week, maybe. You know, and maybe less than that it depends. If I'm putting stuff on eBay, I, I might take a lot of pictures, but otherwise, I'm not sitting around taking selfies because, well, nobody wants to see them. And I'm not really usually going around unless I'm on vacation or something. I'm not taking a ton of photos each and every day. It seems that teenage girls, especially, love to take them some photos. Every outfit that they put on, every new makeup that they put on, everywhere they go, they're taking selfies. And if you really want to invite a stalker into your home, girls, keep taking the selfies, leave the GPS coordinates on and upload them to a site to share the photo that doesn't strip out the GPS coordinates. And when stalkers wind up at your door, you might want to know why. I'm just letting you know in advance that uh, that could be the problem. If you're going to upload photos, think safety, think privacy, think, do I really want people to know where I live? where I frequent, and make sure that GPS setting is off. Again, I understand why the setting is there. Some people want to be able to be like, hey, I want to have a photo album where I can be like, hey, all my photos that I took in Ireland are here because, hey, it's I can tell you exactly where I took this, what city I was in. I don't have to even, I don't even have to remember. I could be that stupid that I don't remember where the Blarney Stone is but my phone took a picture of me there and it'll tell me. It's a little bit of a side note. I went to the Blarney Stone once 
and my wife wouldn't let me kiss it because she said I had enough gift of gab already. So I didn't kiss the Blarney Stone. This is me, sans Blarney Stone. If I would have kissed that, holy crap, I might have to podcast 14 times a day. But think about the safety. Think about what you're doing before you post anything. And if you have kids, please let them know or take their phones and turn the GPS settings off because it's going to be bad enough if you can't stop your teenage daughter or son. I guess I'm being sexist by saying just daughter. But if you can't stop your idiot kid from posting 100 pictures a day, at the very least, stop sending out the GPS information. I like to be a cyber stalker just to see what's available out there. And it's a challenge for me. You know, again, I've read all the Kevin Mitnick stuff. I understand social engineering and I understand that we live in a different world. And I always wonder what kind of data is out there about me. So I look, but I also have made it a point that almost anybody I've ever wanted to find online, as far as being able to find their social media profile, 90% or higher success rate from having simply a first name and either a uh, an employer, a hometown, or a school. Any of those things you're associated with, what do most people put in their in their social media profiles? I went to school here, work here, live here. So it's a great thing. And it's amazing how easy it is to do these searches. And the it is so easy to find people that this is what makes me cringe again as far as the type of data that is out there about you the kind of things that you share, you think my friends are the only ones that's going to see it. Bullshit. The world's going to see it. Understand that. Recently, uh, a, a hashtag, local hashtag popped up when I was doing some searching on Twitter, and it was one that the local high school kids were using upon graduation. And it was basically turning into a, what do you call those little booth, a confessional. You know, you see on these reality TV shows, one of the, one of the, biggest draws for these shows seem to be the morons on the show go into a confessional and they tell people their deepest darkest feelings and thoughts and fears and we call it entertainment well the kids at these schools and there were a few different ones from the local schools that were all going on they were these kids admitting things that they had done in in high school and you know bad things drinking drugging partying having sex in their cars when the police showed up and all these other sorts of things and i'm thinking High school wasn't this fun when I went, but I was also scared for these kids, for their parents, for the fact that this kind of information was out there attached to their names because most people use their real names. Why? Because it's easier for your friends to find you, I guess. I understand that sites like Facebook and that will force you to use your real name or they'll try to verify and all that. But all these other social media sites, usually, you know, Instagrams and the tweeters and all these other crap that you can use, you know what? Come up with a fake name. Use your middle name. Do something to obfuscate. That's hide, kiddies, if you want to look the word up. Hide your identity so it's not so easy for you to be found. It's interesting that we're living in an age where we're living in such an open book and the fact that it seems to be okay with the, especially the younger generations, because it's just, I guess, what they know. They've grown up with it. I'm old enough, even as a computer geek who had a TRS-80 color computer back in like 1982 or whenever those things came out. And I've been into the technology since then. So I've seen all of this stuff happen. I was, you know, the original internet was 
you actually took the handset of the phone, kids, you know, the one that you talked in. Well, do kids even know what landlines are? Um, I guess most people probably still are familiar with the concept of a landline phone. But you had the landline phone, you know, that was wired to the wall. And then there was the little handset that you talked to, which was also wired to the fucking phone. So there's a lot of wires going on in the old technology. Well, you had to take that handset that you would normally put up to your ear and mouth and talk into, and you would actually put this into a little device that had suction cups, and that device would then talk to the other device, and your computer would go at way, 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 way fast speeds of 300 baud if you were lucky, and that's how computers hooked up. So I've been around since those days, and I love technology, and I love the ability to do all of this kind of stuff, but it scares me what it opens people up to because we're now slaves to our phones you see people checking their phones every 30 seconds their phone beeps they gotta look people are getting into accidents there has been more deaths for teenagers with distracted driving than ever before so all of you assholes who are out there yelling about guns start fucking talking about the cell phones too because it's killing more kids it pisses me off because it's an easy solution here. You don't text and drive. You don't play with your phone and drive. If you think a gun's dangerous, a goddamn car is more dangerous, people. Believe it or not, you can kill a lot more people in a car than you can with a gun. Just a little bit of a rant. And the data that we're giving out, it's scary. The privacy that we're giving out, it's scary. You post a photo to the internet as a cute young girl and somebody finds it that goes, hey, she's really cute. Where can I find? Oh, here's a GPS coordinate. It would scare me if I was a parent of a young girl. It really, truly would. And I hope every parent that's out there that has kids sits down and talks to them about this stuff, because while you're never going to stop them from using social media and you really shouldn't have to stop them from using it. But at least let them know there is a danger. It's not just their friends that are seeing it. You think that you can, uh, you think you can, t you know, tie this whole thing down. I've never met a teenager that couldn't be faked by somebody sending them a, a friend's request that looks like somebody they'd want to be friends with. I mean, parents everywhere that are any kind of tech savvy know what I'm talking about here. When your kids got a, a lockdown Twitter, Facebook, Instagram account, and you want to see what's on there. Yeah. Don't tell me you've never friended them as somebody else. Come on. I know you're doing it. But I have rarely heard of anybody that puts their account on lockdown smart enough to do it. That's a great thing to do. I suggest everybody tell their kids to do it. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, lock your account down. Do not make it public. But when somebody sends you a friend's request, you better know who they are. Otherwise, locking it down is kind of like you, you know, you, you lock the front door, but you left the window wide open. You know what I'm saying? So be careful out there, people. Data is the new currency. So you wonder why people give a shit about you. It's because they want to sell you things. You want to know why all of these apps and all of these services that you can get online are free? You know, the new, the new thing is saying this. If you can't figure out what the product is, you're the product. Yay. Yay for being the product. Yay for sharing your data. Yay for giving advertisers a main line right into your vein, baby. Give them that with your devices that you carry around, the devices that we put into our home. Know what the trade-offs are. Just know what you're putting out there and uh, and be safe. For the love of God, please be safe. If you want to hit me up, you can do so on Twitter. Don't have a special account just for the show yet. Maybe we will at some point if we grow. Uh, you can hit me up at Darren O'Neill, D-A-R-R-E-N-O-N-E-I-L-L. -L. And you can find Random Thoughts now in the 
iTunes podcast store as well as the uh, Google Play podcast store. Or they don't call them stores because they're free, I would guess. But you know, go to Google Play, go to iTunes, find the podcast, subscribe. Please tell a friend. And, you know, until next time, keep your data safe. I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.